Hi, my name's Andy Cope and welcome to the most uplifting podcast in the world. As a positive psychology researcher, I'm excited, delighted and honoured to be sitting in the podcast hot seat. The aim is to bring you guests who have something interesting or insightful or inspirational. They might have a story to tell, something clever, something simple, anything goes. We hope to inspire, educate, entertain and on a good day, maybe even make you chuckle. And why should you listen? Well, we figure life is relentless. It's full on. And most people are a million miles away from feeling as great as they could. So think of this podcast as a reminder or maybe a leg up to being a better version of you. Sometimes against the odds. So relax, open your ears, open your mind and allow me to bring you this week's amazing episode of the best podcast in the world. On with the show. Okay, we've got today, we've got something a a little bit different today. We've got uh, a guy called Anthony Chesworth, and I don't know Anthony particularly brilliantly well, but I know lots of things about him. So I'm lucky enough to have done some work with his organisation. Just to give you the the headline news, he's the chief exec and the the founder of an organisation, probably the most exciting organisation that you've never heard of, called EKM, which we'll come on to. Um, He's... I'm 51, and, and I came across his business, and I went in, walked through the door, and I just thought he was the apprentice. He's just a young lad, basically. But he also happens to be an award-winning entrepreneur. He runs a multi-million-pound business. He flies planes, I think. Well, let's talk about that later. He's a dad. Congratulations, new dad as well. He's on the speaking circuit. He's an ambassador for Enterprise UK, and he's a properly, proper, genuinely lovely fella who just happens to be remarkably successful. So how are you doing, fella? Good. Really good. Good, awesome. good. Good. I mean, um, I know you're really busy, so I'm, re- I, you know, I'm really appreciative of your time. Can can we start with what we always start with, with like a bit of a backstory? Because I've alluded to the fact that your current life is like just amazing, and I'll, I'll talk about the business and the environment that you've created. But tell me how you tell me about the old version of you, because I know you were a young starter and entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. The, well, the old version of me was. Um, I mean, my, my my sort of story really starts back. Ooh, about 18, 19 years ago, I went on a, a lad's holiday to Ibiza uh, with my friends for, for a, a, a boozy week with all my friends. Um, and I remember we went, there's this big area in there, Ibiza called like the Sunset Strip. Have you ever been to Ibiza? I've not, I've not mate, no. I'm too old. There's a, really, there's a really nice area called the Sunset Strip where they have all these fancy bars that you'll have heard of, like Cafe Del Mar and Mambo's and where all Radio 1 and everything broadcasts from. And you get this gr- amazing view of the sunset. Now, me and my friends had got ourselves set up, ready to watch this sunset. We'd sat on the rocks, perfect view. We'd got the beers in hand. And literally, just as the sun started to touch the water and you get that magical moment where it's all glistening, some arsehole in a massive yacht came and blocked the view. <laughs> and we missed it. We, we missed the whole thing. And, and I turned around to my friend and I said, one day that arsehole on that yacht is going to be me. Whoa. And... Fast forward a sort of ten, 10 or so years on from then, and I was lucky enough, or fortunate enough, to actually be there on my own yacht with, you know, and, and watch the sunset. And if, and if someone had told me, if someone had told me that, you know, ten years earlier that Anthony, in ten years' time, you're going to be in a Ibiza on your own yacht with six women, hey, mate, I'd have been like, oh my god. I mean, the fact of the matter is, one was one was a mother-in-law, <laughs> two children, but either way, it was it was still amazing and. That's what sort of spurred me on, and obviously after I've been to Ibiza, I went back to reality, back to Burnley, and I had a I had a job pushing a trolley round um, at Berlin General Hospital, selling like sweets and toiletries to to all the people on the wards, and 
one thing that really sort of stayed with me was you push this trolley around these wards and on a Saturday you'd do it and then on a Sunday you'd go in and there'd be different people there and it wasn't because these people had got better it's because they died and even when you were there doing it people would die like they'd have to like move you to one side because someone had died and especially for someone who was you know 17 18 at the time it were quite like it's 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 weird isn't it i mean i know it's live but it is weird for you to see that and the one thing that you got from talking to these people all at the end of the life is that that you've got to spend life doing something that you love and that you don't want to get to the end of your life and have just spent it not enjoying every day and so many people these days get you know get to 70 or 80 and they've maybe got a job or a, you know a job that they've that pays well but they've hated every single minute of it you know they're one of these like, like you say you know the mood hoovers you know they've got they've got through life being negative and miserable and when you are at the end of your life looking back what's it all for you know oh man i mean you see do you know we've had we've had like world-renowned speakers on this podcast mate nobody's nailed it quite like that so it's a realization i still don't I, yeah it's a realization at an early early life you wanted to make something exciting happen so i mean that's really quite profound and i think with more teenagers because <laughs> could have that experience it'd be like a, it's like rocket fuel isn't it so so then there's a gap right you're 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 going around a trolley on hospital trolley with sweets yep and and there's a gap between that and you having a yacht <laughs> yeah, yeah so so what happened next well after after i finished doing my trolley i got i went to lancaster university and, and did a, a university degree in drinking uh passed my first class honors um i also did computer science at the same time that was the, the main aim of going there um but i got a job after university um an internet service provider up in lancaster and i noticed that people were spending a lot of money to set up an online business, you know, like an e-commerce website. And at the time, the only way you could build an e-commerce website was either to pay a web designer tens of thousands of pounds. And once they've got their money, they're off over the hills onto the next customer. So you're left with a website that's slowly going out of date. Or the other option at the time, and this is sort of 16, 17 years ago, was to buy some software back in the day when it came on a CD and you had to install it on your computer. And both of those options, but like the, the software option, it was just horrendous. I tried to use it, and I, this was someone who had a computer science degree who loved computers. I've always, you know, I've always done computers all my life since I was about seven, um, and I struggled with it. And I thought, you know, if, if my mum and dad wanted to set a business up, there's no chance they could do this. And so it was around the time that, especially in the technology space, the technology was there where you could build software that ran through the web browser. Now, we're all used to that these days. You know, people talk about the cloud and everything. Mm. This was before the cloud had a name. And I started bring, programming in this system called EKM that would allow anyone to build their own online shop. And I had to go back. You know, I, I thought then I, I thought I'd build this system and I thought I'd make my millions, I'd get my yacht and everything would be good. Um, it didn't work like that. I had to go back and live with my mum and dad. I had to claim the doll or job seekers allowance. Um, I was fortunate that, you know, 16 years ago, it was the glory days of credit cards where you could just ring up Capital One and Mint and just pretend that you earned 60 grand a year and they'd give you a big limit. And so I basically lived off credit cards and job seekers allowance for about four years. And in that time, I managed to get about 100 customers all paying me £20 a month at the time for, for an online shop. And then it sort of, sort of snowballed from there. And like, obviously, there's been challenges along the way. But fast forward to today, um, we sort of say that EKM powers one out of every five online shops in the UK. So the reality is most people will have bought from one of our shops. Yeah. Um, obviously, the way I explain it to people who aren't in the technology space is that I'm sort of like a, a shop landlord. But rather than renting out shops on the high street, I rent them out online. 
So, yeah. like I say, many people have been on that, on some of our shops, but they wouldn't realise it's us because we're just a landlord. We're not the person running that shop. Mate, and the other thing, the other thing is, well, I mean, you've that is just incredible. That I mean, there is a landlord's the right place, right time, but effort and risk, and and taking a gamble, and and all that kind of stuff, and and a lot of bloody hard work, and you and so you kind of got there. So describe. Because I know you've just recently, well, not that recently, in the last year, moved into a new building. So, because yep. it was, a, it must have started out as a back bedroom thing, was it? Yeah, yeah, in my mum and dad's bedroom. Well, originally my university bedroom, and then yeah, in my so, uh, mum and dad's bedroom. So, if I was to tell the loyal podcast listeners that when we walk into EKM today, what what would I see? Well. This sort of comes back to this doing what you love. So just the reason why we have the office as we do is everyone's got to love what they do. Now, obviously for me, that was setting my own business up. I appreciate that's not for everyone. But people who choose to work for EKM, I want them to love being here. I generally want them to love every every minute. Um, and how can you love where you work if you work in a little white box with nothing but a brew kitty to look forward to. And that is unfortunately what most people's work environment is like. You know, they have the, the installed fun police. So if anyone's smiling or laughing, you know, you know, we're no smiling or laughing in this business. You get back on to do work. You can laugh when you go home. And how can people love what they do in that kind of an environment? And so similar to as well, the other reason why we built this really smart office is similar to that fact that if you're going if you're going to start running or you're going to start doing a sport, if you buy some equipment or some gear that, that, that you know matches what you're wanting to achieve, it makes you feel better. I know there's an element of all the gear and no idea, but it makes you feel better, doesn't yeah, it? Absolutely, mate. Yeah, buy and some so, new trainers. You want to go out for a run, don't you? Yeah, exactly. And so that's the, the thinking behind this office. So we built this office, and I, I've been all over the world looking. You know, I've been over. I'm lucky enough that we work with companies like Google and things like that. So I've been over to Google in America and in Dublin and places. And basically, we built an office that that's the best way of describing it. That's that's what the sort of thing that people imagine, like a Google-style office. So we've got um, a three-story slide. Um, that goes from the gym. We have a gym on the top floor, and, it, and there's a slide that takes you down into the canteen where there's. I've yeah, been on that slide, listen. I've been on that yeah, slide. Yeah, it yeah. is yeah. awesome. <laughs> uh, it's like a games room. So we've got a pool table, ping pong table, all the games consoles. There's free drinks, free snacks. Um, we have a. We even have like an American style Airstream caravan in the call center where you can go and have meetings. That actually was shipped over from America. <laughs> And all of this is is just outside Preston, which I don't know, excuse me, laughing, mate, because this sounds like California, and it's Preston. I think it's the way it's. I think it's the way it's got to go. I mean, you spend like half your life at work. Why should it not be as good, if not yeah. better, than where you live? Mate, mate, I love the passion. I love the passion, and I and I really, I get it. I, I mean, I get, I now get why you like what we do because we're all about that as well. We're all about, you know, you you you've taken the view that you've got four thousand weeks to make a dent in the universe. I've taken that same decision, and you stride out, you take some risks along the way, and you could have stayed in your back bedroom, mate, and still probably got your yacht. But you've built, you built an environment that is, it is honestly jaw dropping. I've never been in a, in a, in a workplace that looks like what you've created. Um, in terms of like open plan and just just wonderful kind of architecture going on, um, so tell me, so the the environment's very important to you, and and coming to work and being happy is very important to you. Any other, anything yeah. else behind the philosophy? What what? Because I mean, you we've had speakers on on this on this podcast. We talk about I talk about leadership and management. I talk about motivation, but you're doing it every single day. You're getting out of bed and going to your office and doing your stuff every day. So, what is the leadership or business philosophy behind uh, EKM? 
that's a tough one, isn't it? Um, I mean, a lot, a lot of the stuff, like I say, when I think first saw you speak, which was at an event in Manchester, like you just alluded to, then a lot of the stuff that you were talking about did just really click with me. It just, it, 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 your thoughts and beliefs and view on the world is so similar to mine. And a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that, that you talk about, which is why we had you in here talking to the team, it just matches our sort of philosophy on stuff, really. This this idea that, you know, fundamentally it's just about loving what you do. You know, life's too short not to spend it loving what you do. And and that goes through all, all through the organisation. And, and I stand up in front of the team once a month when we have these big team meetings. And I stand up there and say that because it's one of our core values. And I will say to them, look, I want you to love being here. If you don't love being here... You need to, you know, you need to speak to your manager, speak to me, because maybe you're doing the slightly, you know, the, the wrong role. Or fundamentally, you need to leave the building. You need to go because it's, it's no good for you and it's no good for us. If you if you don't, if, if right now, you know, someone listening to this podcast now is working in a job and they hate it, like most people do, that isn't good for their employer or for themselves because, you know, it, it just doesn't work, does it? No, no, mate, mate. I love the passion. I absolutely adore the passion. But you're, and you're right, it doesn't work the best way. To, I mean, the research shows that if you're feeling happy and you're feeling positive, then you are more productive. It's it's actually that simple. Yeah. But what but what happens is most people feel happy on a Friday when they leave the office. And, and I guess what you're trying to do is, and what I think what you're doing very successfully, is creating an environment where they're happy to come into the office on a Monday. Because <laughs> like yeah. you say, the office is a better environment than home. I mean, how yeah, amazingly, how obvious is that? But yet how few times have I been across the threshold in a business and witnessed what you've created I, I well i tell you the answer to that mate never never in no. a single other organization so how, how what how are you doing it differently i don't get why if what you've said is so simple and i get it and you get it why is nobody else doing it well it, because there's two sides to this i mean obviously you know business is business and you've got you know you've got you've got a you know, you've got to make sure the business works. And, and of course, you have a bit more flexibility or power, as it were. So like people at EKM, they love the family feel. And I think on most businesses, you want this sort of family feel, you know, where you look after someone. If someone's ill, they get looked after. If someone's having a bad time, of course, look after each other. But unlike a family, you don't have to put up with Uncle Nobhead at Christmas. <laughs> and and so many businesses do. They put up with this this mood hoover that sits in the corner, sapping all the fun and energy out of the out of the entire organisation. And they put up with it because they think that they can change them, or that oh well, that's just the way he is. He's he's just a mood hoover. That's how he is. And the beauty of I suppose being in business is that you can remove these people. You can speak to them, and you can actually. You can sort of curate the people that are around you, which I think you've got to do in your life. I think, you know, a lot of the stuff you talk about, you know, if, even curating the people in your life, like your family and your friends, you yeah. can curate those people out. And in business, you have even more ability to do that. You do. Well, I think you go to great lengths to not employ mood hoovers in the first place. But I know yeah. that every, no matter how careful you are, mate, everybody's going to at some point. I, I, I know, I know that you have, I know you're growing massively and I know the the real problem with with a business that grows massively is is attracting the right people and retaining them yeah. um but you seem to be making a very bold statement here a very bold decision that actually we're not going to let mood hoovers in and if and if they do somehow slip through the system then we're either going to kind of correct them or, or let them go and that's yeah. once again it's a, it's it's how many times have i been in an organization where like you say they're tolerating the miserable people and they're putting them on a 15-step disciplinary process that takes 15 years 
Yeah, and these people aren't happy. This is the thing, it's, it's, it doesn't win for either person because you could look at this and, you know, people might be listening to this now thinking I'm being callous or being, you know, not fair with people because we do give people a chance and we do try to work with them. But mm. fundamentally, it's not fair for them in the same way it's not fair for us. If they aren't happy... They need to, you know, go and run free and, and find something else that yeah, they enjoy. Mate, doing. look, I've, I've, I've. There's a, a very seminal thing in my life when back, back in the day, I won't say which organisation, but there was a guy there, and he, he said, you know, I'm doing the art of being brilliant. I bounced in. This is going to change. Life's going to be brilliant. Um, and he said, he put his hand up. He said, yeah. He said, what, the, what the hell can you teach me? He had a face like a slap backside. And I said, what do you mean? He says, well, he says, I've worked here 29 years. I've not had a good day yet. You know, if I go back to my team smiling, they're going to think I'm on something. Um, and and it turns out he was the manager, <laughs> <laughs> and it just pains me that he's been allowed to tolerate the, the organisation has tolerated him and promoted him, and all he's done is suck the life out of people for twenty nine years. And that, like you say, your your argument is really powerful because what you're really saying is that's not fair to him either. He's not going to no. get those twenty nine years back. He's he's sh- he's shot his his life. He's gone. It's happened. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Listening to this, you go, you go, we've got to make some changes, haven't we? We've either got to find your mojo within the current job that you do, so that means changing yourself and upgrading yourself in your current position, or you need to find another position. I mean, it is that simple, really. It's, put, it's putting a value on your happiness. You know, like, like what you talk about, you know, these 4,000 weeks, it's, it's putting a value on your happiness as opposed to just a value on money. In the people will people will now you know friends of mine people that have worked at EKM you know whatever and we all know people where they'll go chasing the money so they'll find a job that pays them an extra say five thousand pounds a year you know a lot of money but that job that they go to they hate every single minute of it and people go they don't put a value on their happiness and I think your happiness is a, is a big deal and and you only have to look at even if you take take it into business you only have to look at the most successful companies in the world fundamentally what they do is they help people that's what they do they're there to help people they're not there to make money they're there to help people you know facebook helps people connect google helps people find things microsoft you know all these companies they fundamentally help people and if you help enough people and help as many people as you can you will as a as a byproduct earn money so the business will be successful I'm sitting here with a big grin on my face. That's what we talk about. We have a, we don't have meetings very often. There's, there's not many of us. We have, a, we have a meeting twice a year, and we always say, you know, what we're trying to set out. We're not trying to set out to be the biggest business in the world. We, and, and we're not trying to be rich. But if we do what we do really well, then we might accidentally make some money. And that is the way we go about it. Is, is if we believe we can be the best, we can offer the best training on the planet. Then guess what? We're going to be busy and we'll make money. But if we chase the money, if our reason for getting out of bed is to earn money, then. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't. It no, doesn't. No, it doesn't feel right no, somehow. No, and it and it comes back to that doing what you love. Sorry, I keep going back to this doing what you love thing, but it just underpins everything because the other side of this thing is the more people you help, you generally get better at something because you practice it. You practice the things that you love to do, which is why, again, at, the, at this business, we want people to love being here because if you love something, you keep practicing and practicing and practicing, you get better and better at it. The stuff that you don't like doing, you rubbish at it. You know, I'm rubbish at loading the dishwasher. I genuinely am. It's because I don't enjoy doing it. Whereas the things I really love to do, mm. I practice them. And you only have to look at like the most successful people on the planet. Even if you talk about like sportsmen and people like that, you know, like David Beckham and Tiger Woods and people like that, they got there because they loved what they did so much that when everyone else had gone to bed or when it was raining, they were still out there, you know, banging golf balls or kicking the ball around, and people thought they were crazy. But it's because they loved what they did. And if you love what you're doing. Yeah, it, it all starts to come together. If you love what you're doing and you're helping people, everything starts to come together. 
Uh, there's a Japanese concept, Ichigai, isn't it? Ichigai, it is finding your purpose and your reason for getting out of bed, having that fire in your belly, which you've clearly got. Can I can I bring you to something that, because you do these wonderful videos, Anybody should, everybody should be following you on LinkedIn, mate. You do these wonderful yeah. videos where it's like, a, it's like a fly on the wall thing. It can be in a meeting, you can be at home, it doesn't really matter where. There's a, they're all great, but there's a particular one that I watched where you were at an air show. All right, yes. You probably can't even remember doing it, but I mean, I think you fly planes anyway. Do you fly planes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, got, I, I learned to fly a plane about seven years ago. Again, something that I thought I'd never be able to do. And something that I got told that you weren't able to do. Something that, you know, people say, oh, no, if, you have a bus- if you're a businessman, you can never fly a plane. It's not safe. It's not this, not that. And you'll never do this. You'll never go abroad. And you'll never do this, that, the other. And we got to the point with it that, I mean, I, I've loved it so much learning to fly that I've got my commercial license now. So if everything if everything fails, I can go and get a job at Ryanair. Okay. Um, but, you know, we've flown this single engine aircraft over from america we've done like the arctic circle in it oh. dude anyway but, but i mean that is just incredible i mean that's a podcast in its own right but if i go back to this video that you made right because i thought it was absolutely hilarious it was you were wandering around this air show with your camera and there was an area where there's lots of ex- exhibitors who were tr- clearly paid rent to be there to try and sell products to yes, the and it was about half past four in the evening or in the af- like afternoon and they were packing away right so these exhibitors were packing away and you got your camera <laughs> basically the whole thing was open till five o'clock they're packing away early and you were like really irritated you got your camera and you're going look at them look at them these people these people they're packing away at half past four tell me why that irritated you mate because I think this goes to the part of the of the of the customer service philosophy that you've got yeah because they've given up haven't they, they they've given up before they, you know what i mean they've, they've given up and if that's their attitude to life and business that they're giving up there's no wonder they're not the success and like i think i said on that video i can you guarantee that the, the the leader in that in that field would still be there till probably half five if not six o'clock and that's why they are exactly why like i said like tiger woods and david beckham who they are because they carried on when everyone else got fed up and went home because they loved it so much, they just they, they love it. I, I would ask everybody to seek out that video uh, and just have a look at it because it's it's the, it's the irritation on your face and the disbelief of how, how can these people miss out on an opportunity to, to to be the best selves. Yeah, absolute genius, fella. I mean, all the videos, but that one was just stand out funny. I don't think you yeah. meant it to be funny. Maybe that was what was funny about it. It was the it was the irritation. All right, so you fly planes, you do businesses, you you're a dad, you're all that kind of stuff. I'm intrigued by you know the speaking that you do. What do, what how often do you because you're clearly as sharp as a razor mate and you know your stuff who do you you know you do on the circuit a bit now who do you speak yeah. to kids or adults or both if if i can inspire someone to i mean ideally set their own business up or something I, I'm, I'm very much more around the entrepreneurship space but again if i can inspire someone to do something that they love and and fundamentally it's about getting off your backside and just doing something if i can inspire someone that's i love to do that because okay, so many people just need to hear that they just get off your backside and do something. So many people have an idea. So many people have like, oh, I, I had the idea for Uber. I had the idea for Twitter. I had the idea for Google. Yeah, but you didn't get off your backside and do it, did you? Hey. Do you know what, Mary? Can I once again that takes me somewhere? You know, I write a series called Spy Dog. It's a very bizarre life I have. I write kids' books, and I can remember once uh, I had my Spy Dog books out. It was a conference, a business conference, but I had my Spy Dog books out. And this delegate, at break time, wanders up with a you know negative bloke, wanders up, and he he, look, he turns the book over, he reads the blurb on the back. It's a kids' book, all right, a kids' book. He said, uh, he said, uh, I had, uh, I I was nearly an author. I said, were you, mate? You were nearly an author. I said, what stopped you? He said. Uh, 
didn't have an idea. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I think, I think that's the first, basically the first hurdle. I mean, he wasn't everywhere near an author, was he? Not only have you got to have the idea, you've got to get for your backside and switch off the telly and make it happen. Anyway, you know that and I know that, mate. Uh, um, so what's next, fella? What's next? I'm intrigued. Well, but basically, I mean, I would love to get you you um, in front of some teenagers and some university students um, and, and talk about and get, just release unleash your passion on them about waking up. Because we started doing university stuff now for, for the undergraduates. And, it's, right. and and quite often the lectures they go to are so bad. Well, you're a student yourself, so you know. Yeah. So bad and so oldie-worldie and so stuck in the ways and so boring. So you you have 45 minutes with you, mate. They, that's like Rocky fuel for them. Anyway, well, I'm think, so that's just me thinking out loud. I don't know. Yeah, think, yeah, yeah. Um, but what's next? What are you going to do next? Because you're still young. You've got everything ahead of you. I mean, I, I just want to carry I mean, I, as, long, as long as I'm loving what I'm doing, I'm going to carry on doing it. I, I want to build this business up. I mean, I, you know, you go over to America and go to like Silicon Valley and you see these massive companies, you know, your Googles and your Apples. And to me, that's just, it's so inspiring. I mean, I mean, I used to drive around like years and years ago when the, when the business started off and it was me and a couple of friends in, in like a back room. I used to spend my evenings, driving, it's proper fun, this, isn't it? Driving around industrial estates, looking at these big fancy office buildings and going, you know, one day, one day, I'd have something like this. And so, to me, going to, like, you know, Silicon Valley and looking at Apple and Google, it's just so inspiring. I mean, just, it's making a dent on the world. I know, I know you talk about this, but it is, it's making a difference on the world. And sometimes you can forget that. I mean, even us as a business, you can forget the difference we're making. Like if you think, even right now while I'm talking to you, there's you know tens of thousands of people that have got their own online shop. Each one of those will have thousands and thousands of customers buying from them. So the difference that every person in this business is making you know, it's not just an account number. When, when someone answers the phone now, on, you know, someone's, you know, someone will talk to someone now on customer services. It's not an account number. It's not a username. That is a real person with their own dreams and aspirations. And we're helping that. We're facilitating it. We, we, we're helping and encouraging it. So, to me, again, the more people I can help, the more people I can get to set their own businesses up and inspire to be entrepreneurs. That's what I want to keep doing. So, I've, I've got a duty to grow this business. <laughs> You've got to do. I've, I've, the clock is going 25 minutes, 36, 37 seconds. I've had a grin on my face for 25 minutes and 40 seconds now, mate. You've got a duty. You've got a duty to, to help your customers. Um, oh, it, it's, amazing, it's immense, immense. So I'll ju- I won't take any more of your time. Just this last question. It's a question that we always pose because um, your passion is clearly, I mean, you're clearly a very passionate businessman. But what makes you happy? What makes me happy? Obviously, my my family and my friends. You know, we have we have three children now. Um, love, love spending time with them, and you know, having my own business does give me the ability. I can spend a lot of time with them away on holiday and things like that. Um, but I love I love building things that that people enjoy. So whether it's you know like building EKM the business. I mean. I mean, the other day I went and sat with every, every every few months or so, I go and sit with like customer services and, and answer phone calls and things to see what's going on. And just you sit there and look around and you can see all these team members happy and helping customers. And it's just weird to think it started in my bedroom. And I just, I just lo- I love seeing people using stuff that we've built. I just love it. It's amazing to see customers using it and hearing the stories. And yeah, I just love, I love building things that people enjoy. 
Fantastic, mate. Do you know what? I knew it was going to be enlightening, and and it has been. I I, I suspect we've only scratched the surface of what, what what's really going on behind the scenes there, but it, it is amazing, and I can vouch for you know going down the slippery slope and and in your in your curly whirly slide, and and it's just immense. What you've built there is incredible. So I'm 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 not only proud to have been invited to come and talk to, talk to your staff, but delighted and honoured that you've uh, you spent uh, nearly half an hour with us, mate. So uh, thanks ever so much for. Um, uh, for being on the podcast we'll set we'll Thanks, set, I'll, I'll tell you what we're going to do we're going to try and dig that video out and we'll put a link to the um, the air uh, the air show one because it's just funny alright mate thanks ever so much awesome. and see you again soon thank you bye cheers dude And that, dear listener, is that. I hope you found it as interesting and as useful and as stimulating as I did. Congratulations, by the way, on making such a great choice of listening material. Please subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I wish you well. You've been listening to the Art of Brilliance podcast. Listen to and subscribe to all our podcasts at www.artofbrilliance.co.uk slash podcasts.